let's just let's just pray. You know, you know, I know Jesse's, you know, said, you know, I'm over this stuff that's going around this crud and it, you know, and it seems like, you know, there's just a you know, a respiratory stuff going around. So let's let's just lift our voices tonight. Amen. Let's uh, let's cover that in prayer tonight. Father, right now I thank you, Father, for divine healing, Father. Lord, even as we uh, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit tonight, Father, I pray that you release healing into your body, release healing into your church in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray, God, even any respiratory um, infections or anything like that, they go right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we cover our families tonight, Father. Lord, you know, Lord, uh, you know, divine healing just sets itself upon our families in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, fevers come down, uh, uh, congestion goes away in Jesus' mighty name. So, Father, we thank you tonight for that. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Um, I know uh, we have been going through the gifts of... uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit on Wednesday nights, and we've been running a little bit uh, past the time that we normally um, go to, so that's why we were just going to uh, be doing teaching on, on Wednesday while we're on this theme, just to give us a little extra time so we're not, like, pushing uh, till you know, 9 o'clock for We know that you guys have work schedules and all of that and, and of course, prayer in the morning and, and everything, so we want to make sure that we're, we're being uh, respectful of your time as well. So uh, that's, that's why we um, are just focusing on the teaching part. Uh, but we are going to be going over Word of Wisdom tonight. But before we do that, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about the gifts of healings. And do you guys remember when we talked about the gifts of healings? And one of them was point of contact. Do you guys remember uh, one of the ways to administer healing was point of contact? And we talked about various ways. You know, the woman that tried to uh, push through the crowd and, and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was and immediately it says that virtue flowed into her. And then there was uh, the cloths that were sent out, uh, Peter's shadow. So there were various ways and examples that we talked about with point of contact. And we had a couple testimonies this week. So I just wanted to uh, share those real quick because it, it increases the faith in the body of Christ when you see these things happening. Um, the other night, uh, Pastor Brad had felt to those that were here, I think it was Sunday evening, um, felt to anoint a, a few of the tissues that we had up here and just anoint them with oil and send them home with anybody that uh, wanted to take one of those home. Um, I know Christine, is she not here? Christine uh, messaged the prayer call the next day and, and uh, Jesse had taken one home for Jalen, is that right? And do you want to sh- share? Because you know she's your baby. You know better than I do. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Jaden's the only one that's not that doesn't have any crud right now. But um, <laughs> um, we, I grabbed the tissue. I put it in my back pocket. Just went on the rest of the night. Uh, got home. I just literally put it in Jalen's shirt, and I didn't say I didn't really say anything about it, but. Christine saw me putting her shirt. I said, what's that? I said, oh, um, well, she knew what it was. But I, I just tucked it inside of her shirt, and it was in there all night. But she slept 
perfectly fine all night, and she snores really loud, um, like all the time. But that just that specific night, from there then on, she doesn't. She's not snoring. She doesn't have a hard time breathing. Uh, her cough was gone. All that. So praise God. That's so awesome. And then uh, I know uh, Jamie's mom Brenda also uh, testified that. Jamie took one home to hurt. Do you want to tell it? Go ahead and come up here for a second because I was going to have you share a testimony anyways of what uh, God did through you in your workplace. But tell what, what happened with your mom first. Okay, um, I gave it to my brother. He took it home to her. And um, she the next day she said, like, everything came out of her ears and, you know, all the crud came out. And she's feeling better. Praise yeah. God. So she put it. Yes, yes. I didn't expect it to work that quickly, but she said my one ear just came open. And by the end of the evening, my other ear came open. Yeah, so praise God. And then tell us what happened today. You had the opportunity to pray with someone. Yeah, a coworker had asked me to pray for his son. His son was having breathing problems. So we prayed right there on the spot. And I had later on, I was asking him what his name was because I told him I was going to come up for altar to have him pray for him. And he messaged me and said it was a miracle. He's better. And he's already home. Praise God. <laughs> so that is the body being activated even in the workplace, out in the community. Those are testimonies that we want to be able to use to encourage you that, that even as we're going through these things, you know, laying on of hands and agreement in prayer and, you know, the point of contact, like all of these things are supernatural ways for us to be able to be used by the Holy Spirit in our communities and around the people uh, that we're around. You know, Jamie was there with her coworker today. I wasn't there with her coworker. There was not going to be any way that I was making contact with him, but she was there and she was ready to go. And she said she prayed with uh, three others today, too, as well. Right. So uh, praise God. So the, the body is being activated and seeing things happen in the marketplace, in the workplace. So praise the Lord. <coughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and uh, go through the next revelatory gift. We went through a word of knowledge last week, and tonight we're going to go through the word of wisdom, the word of wisdom. And um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'll just go through it uh, real quick through the, the passage of scripture that we've been focusing on with the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, chapter, or sorry, verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues and to us and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one 
just as he determined. Sorry, I have a different version this evening, so I'm stumbling over it. Um, But tonight we're going to focus on the gift of wisdom, the gift of wisdom or word of wisdom, the word of wisdom. So just as we talked about how the word of knowledge is a word or a piece of information that God reveals to us that that he knows that we don't know uh, about a situation, a person or uh, something, but it, he's not he's not giving it to you so you can be nosy. He's not giving it to you so you just have information on people. He's giving it to you so that you can uh, pray with that person, impact that person so that they know that they've been seen by God, that God loves them for there to be a moment to work uh, in someone's life. Uh, you know, if it doesn't do any good if he, he says, oh, that person's got a, a stomach issue and then you never pray for them. That's kind of pointless. So he's giving you the, re- or the, the issue so that you can be a vessel to do something about it. Now, word of wisdom, the word, or a, yeah, sorry, the word of wisdom is the same type of concept, the unveiling of something, but it's not uh, so much in the past or the present, but it's more in the future and it's solution-oriented. Solution-oriented. So, for instance, a word of wisdom is uh, the wisdom of God being applied And his wisdom is greater than our wisdom. We operate at a different type of wisdom. In fact, I want to read that verse out of Isaiah, if you'll turn there with me, in Isaiah chapter 55. See, wisdom is not just being, it's not someone being really smart, Oh, that person's got a lot of wisdom. They they got a, you know, such and such score on an IQ test. That's not the gift of the word of wisdom, okay? That's, a, that's an academic wisdom. Uh, that's a, a worldly type of wisdom. But it's not the wisdom that we're talking about when we're talking about God and supernatural and heavenly things. So in uh, Isaiah 55... Verse 8, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God doesn't operate the same way that we do. He doesn't think the same way because he knows all things. So if he knows everything from beginning to the end and even the future, then he knows how everything needs to flow. He has all wisdom, all knowledge. He has everything that's needed to make everything perfect and beautiful. So when he unveils a word of wisdom, it is something that we do not know, but he's revealing it to us so that it can impact our future or someone else's future. Uh, An example of this would be when Paul, uh, in the book of Acts, um, 
Paul said when he was uh, getting ready to go out on the ship, and, and he said, I perceive that this ship is, gonna, is going to be wrecked, and, and you know, there's going to be a loss of ship. And then the angel came and, and spoke to him and said, well, the ship is going to be wrecked, but there's not going to be any lives that are lost. So Paul stood and, and told everybody on the ship and said, I perceive that as the angel of the Lord has come and told me that this ship will be shipwrecked, but not one person will lose their life. And he even and told them uh, to, to go ahead and eat. He told them to throw the rest of the cargo overboard. He said, but don't try to escape or you will lose your life. So you better stick with me. He was more or less saying, you better stick with me or you're going to end up losing your life. And so there, the very thing that he spoke is what happened. It's what came to pass. But the angel of the Lord disclosed that to him. He, it, they showed it to him. He perceived it by the Spirit. And so that was a type of word of wisdom, something coming to pass. So there was insight so they would know what to do. They would know how to operate. It saved their lives. So God wants us to be in the know and not to be in the midst of destruction. He wants us to, to know something that's coming and, and not be uh, taken advantage of, taken uh, by surprise, uh, sidelined, or, you know, something happening going, I didn't see that coming. And so he wants to be able to give us those things. And even some of those those examples we covered, uh, I believe, last week kind of pertain to that. Certain things, dreams that uh, I had given examples of that show that God was giving a word so that we could pray so that other things didn't happen. So those things, and, and like I said, these revelatory gifts often go hand in hand. Sometimes you, you don't necessarily know where one begins and the other ends, but they all work together for his his glory and for our good. <coughs> well, it had yet to happen. So wisdom, uh, it was, it had not yet happened. It was futuristic. It was co it was coming to pass, but it had not yet come to pass. So he's giving him understanding of what is coming. <coughs> and knowledge is something that has already happened or is it the current situation, the current uh, something that's already taken place, and this is my situation currently. And the reason why uh, it's, a, it's supernatural is because that person may be the only person that knows it. But now all of a sudden you're praying with them and you're telling them, you know, I'm seeing this or I'm, I'm sensing this, that, that this is what's going on or you've had this happen to you in the past or you were young and I'm seeing da-da-da-da-da. And they're like, how did they know that? Nobody knows that. So the, the difference is the, is the time period. And like I said, wisdom, the word of wisdom, is more for a solution. Uh, for instance, Joseph. Joseph was in a position, he had been given a dream, that he was going to become uh, some sort of, of ruler or person in authority, and his brothers were going to bow down, and his family was going to bow down to him. That was a word uh, given to him. He didn't know how it was going to come to pass or what was going to uh, happen, uh, but he knew that it was, it was going to happen, and that's why he spoke it, and then his brothers got mad. 
and got jealous. And so, but it happened many years later. And then he's in the, in the pit of, of a dungeon, of a prison, and he's interpreting other people's dreams. Then he goes to the palace because that's what opened the door for him to come into the palace. Now Pharaoh has a dream. And so he gives Pharaoh the interpretation of the dream and begins to step into that position because Pharaoh opened that door when he saw the wisdom that Joseph carried. So wisdom isn't just about, I'm trying to to word this right, it's not just futuristic, but it's solution-oriented. It is applied understanding. It can be one thing for someone to have a lot of information, but never apply the wisdom that they have. If you've ever met someone that can say all kinds of good things about the Bible, they can quote it left and right, but they don't know how to apply it. They can say all the right things, but they don't know how to utilize that information and make it work in their life. So wisdom is the application of knowledge. It's the application, and when we're talking about God's wisdom, we're talking about the application of God's supernatural wisdom and his knowledge, his understanding. When we apply it in life, then we get supernatural results. And so there's no way and no reason that Joseph should have come from uh, the pit to the palace in one moment and be made ruler second in command next to Pharaoh. That was a, a miracle. That was an overnight thing. But it was because the wisdom of God. He, he knew not only the dream and how to interpret it, but what did he do? He said, this is what I would do. You need to, for these so many years, store up these things, store up one-fifth of it, and then when the year comes of famine, then begin to sell it back to the people. Wisdom. Wisdom. That was the reason why it was wisdom that actually opened the door for Joseph to be able to take that position. If he would have just interpreted the dream, Pharaoh would have said, thank you very much. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. But Joseph knew what to do with the information. Because it wasn't enough just to interpret the dream because now Pharaoh has a problem. I've got a famine on my hands coming. What am I going to do? And Joseph goes, do this, do this, do this, because of the divine wisdom of God. And he says, there's no one in the land that's as wise as you. You have the wisdom of the gods. And he sets him in rule of command. Same thing happened with Daniel. And so wisdom is not just uh, futuristic, but it's solution-oriented. It's the wisdom of God. You understand? It's God's ways. That's why he says, my, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we have to come out of our own understanding sometimes, out of the way that we've been taught, or out of the way that we're thinking and understand that God's ways are higher. It makes no sense to sow into the kingdom and give money into the kingdom and if we're trying to uh, save money, right? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And when it talks about ways, it's meaning his principles, his standards, the way things operate in the kingdom of God. So he can give us a download of something, not just futuristic, but yes, he can say, don't do this because this person, this gift oftentimes is um, laced with discernment. 
Because many times there is a discernment we have to have with the word that we're getting or the person that we're dealing with. So God can give us discernment about someone, and it looks really good on the surface, but God says no. Because that person's going to cause problems later on. And you may have no reason whatsoever to feel that way about them because on the surface, it looks good. On paper, it looks good. Their resume looks terrific, but something in your spirit is stopping you. Something in your spirit is saying, hold up, hit the brakes, don't go there. Because if you, if you unite with that person, if you end up holding hands with that person, if you go into business with them, if you go into this plan with them, it's going to end up hurting you in the long run. It'll cause destruction. So uh, it's, it can be futuristic, but it is also solution-oriented. Did you guys have anything you wanted to add so far? Let me... You know, the, the wisdom of the wor- wor- world is foolish to God. So when people want to make the, you know, to tie the equation of, well, the, the, the gift of wisdom is a, is a, is a worldly wisdom, that's not, that's not what that means. So, you know, p- some people will say, well, that person's just wiser than somebody else and they've figured out things. And I know you kind of stress that, but, but you know, th- you know that's what the Lord says. The Lord says the wisdom of the world is foolish. So, so He's not. He's talking about a supernatural wisdom, and I know you stressed that already. I don't have anything. That was really good. So, one thing I wanted to add is um, it's actually other scripture, James, chapter three, verse seventeen. I think you read it last week, Pastor Miranda. Yeah, I was just getting ready to go there, actually. That's where... Let me stop. Just where I turn. No, you can go ahead. I can just add on to what you're saying. It just... um, It simply says that God's Word translation says, However, the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure, then it is peaceful, gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good deeds, impartial and sincere. And where you were reading out of Genesis there with Pharaoh and Joseph, the first thing that Joseph says to Pharaoh... Is And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And I think that's the, that's the signature thing about a, wor- a, 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 a word of wisdom, is it brings peace to a situation. You may be troubled. You may be unsettled. Even as you're saying, maybe it's a financial thing you're about to do, and you don't know, Lord, should I go there? But the Lord will give you a word, and you may be getting ready to invest in something, and all of a sudden you get a check in your spirit. And then that word is released, and it brings peace, even though there's not full understanding at that. And that through both those, the New Testament and the Old Testament, it's bringing a revelation that the word of wisdom will always bring peace. And even Paul, Paul said, there stood beside me an angel of the Lord this night. And the next thing he has a new, hey, break bread, let's eat. It's like, we're about ready to go. Didn't you say the ship was going to wreck? But he understood there would be no loss of life. So it bring, brought Paul into a place of peace that he settled the whole crew. And said, so let's eat. Let's, 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 let's just uh, enjoy. The sun was shining at that point before the ship's about ready to break apart and they're getting ready. But there was a peace that came upon him. And I, I like that where the word, the word shows that about the word of wisdom. And I want to back up from uh, James three seventeen back to... 
15, verse 15, because he's talking here about the different types of wisdom that there are. And in verse 15, it says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven. He's talking about bitter and envy and strife and selfish ambition. Uh, he said that type of wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. That's the NIV version. But earthly, sensual, or demonic. These are different types of wisdom earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, like of the soul, soulish wisdom. Uh, we can have a, a wisdom, an academic wisdom, like I said. There's a, for instance, you know, there's a, a wisdom of, of this world that, that's uh, of nature, like the laws of nature. You know, you, you put something in the ground and you expect something to come up. The, the uh, laws of gravity, things like that. There's that, that type of a wisdom, a soulish wisdom. But then there's also a demonic wisdom, that, and that's when people tap into uh, things that are satanic. Uh, but, it, you know, the word obviously tells us not to have anything to do with that. But that's a demonic wisdom. But there is a realm. And, of course, th I think this is where people get hung up sometimes with the word wisdom because they always equate it to, to something like smart, you know, like all wisdom is good. But wisdom is just a type of, of knowing, if you can put it like that, a type of knowing. So a demonic wisdom is a knowing of and being familiar with the spiritual realm, the demonic spiritual realm. So people can tap into that realm, but then there is a, a heavenly wisdom. And, of course, we talked about that last week when it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me read through this a little bit because, again, this talks about the type of wisdom that we're referring to. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2. He says, we do not, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but the but not the wisdom, sorry, we speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He's saying, I'm not talking about an earthly wisdom, a soulish wisdom, a demonic wisdom. He says, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom. God's secret wisdom. There is a wisdom that is of God that is secret that has to be unveiled and revealed to us. His wisdom his, his understanding. And when it's unveiled to us, then we understand like, oh, I understand why I don't want to do this now. I understand why God's telling me to do this because I, I understand it from his realm, his perspective. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So he reveals things to us from his spirit to our spirit. There's an unveiling of his wisdom. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among man knows the thoughts of a man except for the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit 
capital S, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, express, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words or to spiritual men. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned again discernment goes along with wisdom many many times have you ever talked to someone and you're trying to explain to them a concept out of the word of god and they just they have nothing good to say about it they don't get it they they say oh give money to that church that's stupid i don't know you're foolish i don't know why you do that oh you think laying hands on people that's so dumb you know they don't get the spiritual concepts they don't get spiritual wisdom it's th they haven't spiritually discerned it and in order to spiritually discern something first of all yes you you have to receive uh jesus christ and from then that point you have to position yourself to receive from him it's not just about knowing things see many people can read the word of god but they're reading it to try to tear it apart they're reading it to judge it, not to receive from it. Or they're just reading it to just, I got my reading in today. And they didn't get anything out of it. But it's because they're not positioning themselves to receive from it. And so we have to receive. And then there's a discernment that comes along with it, which explains the religious. Why there are times that people will take the word of God and they will take one scripture and make a whole doctrine around it because they haven't spiritually discerned the word and the context of it and what it was meant to do. So things have to be spiritually discerned. It's not, it says the letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. And so we're to understand and spiritually discern things by the wisdom of God. Since you went, I want I do want to hit one area there. When you were talking about the the this the word, wisdom of this world is devilish, it's sensual. I just thought I was quickened when you said that because I've dealt with a lot of people um, that have dealt in the area of tarot cards and fortune telling, and and that's an area that the enemy will use in deception. And I think it's important we hit this here because a lot of people say. Well, no, this person told me something that only I knew or only me and that person or, or things, messages from the dead and dead relatives. And, you know, it's it's very important that you you understand the word on these things because there is what they're called familiar spirits. And they can even say something's going to happen and they have knowledge of the spirit world of things that may transpire that enemy is already set up. And they're going to say, this, this is going to happen. And, and you'll be like, well, they knew exactly. But it never points to Jesus. It never glorifies God. And that's why it's important we weigh these things and just don't go, well, well, how would they have known that? Well, there's a demonic realm. There's a seen world and there's an unseen world. And that's where they're, as, she, as Pastor Miranda was talking there, they, there's a tapping into the knowledge and the wisdom that's devilish. That's sensual. So it's important that as that 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 godly that that brings peace that that brings understanding points to the word points to Jesus glorifies God, 
And, and when someone tells you, well, how in the world could they have known? Because there's a demonic realm. There's demonic spirits. And God's given us things that we might know. And that's why the Bible tells us to weigh every word, to weigh those things in the spirit. So as a believer, and as we're teaching on these things, it's important because these things are written that you might know. So there's a knowing in the, in the believers so that we don't get in an area. And how do you deal with someone that even tells you, well, so-and-so said, my grandmother said this was going to happen, and it happened, and she's been dead. Well, that's not how God works. He doesn't bring messages back from the dead. Even Saul conjured up the spirit of Samuel as a prophet, and he, he gave a word. Was The Bible clearly says it was a familiar spirit. So I felt to touch that area a little bit, to, to, to open up that and to make sure that we have understanding that just because you get, are given a word or, or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, you weigh that word and you make sure that it's coming from a, the Holy Spirit and not a, a, a devilish spirit. Because in the Old Testament, God was very clear what, what needed to happen with witches, with sorcerers, with anyone that tapped into the demonic realm. And they were to be stoned because they, if, if that didn't get out of the camp, then it would begin to seep in and, and affect the, the, the camp, the Israelites, the people of uh, their nation. And so God was saying this is something very serious and it needs to be removed. It needs to, to uh, get out of the Israelite camp. That it's a, You're not to go to another source for answers. You're to go to God. And so even, even in that, uh, you know, one of the... I hate to say most dangerous, but I think the most vulnerable one is familiar spirits because people will, whether it's in a dream, whether it's uh, they actually are sitting there talking to a, a spirit that looks like a relative, that familiar spirit will, will seem and will know things about your family because that spirit's been living since, since the beginning. You've only been walking this earth for however many years you've been alive. But that spirit has been around from the beginning. They know your family lineage. So they're going to know things that your grandmother did, things that your great-grandfather said, what they look like, what they wore. So they can, they can come in the form of. And what happens is a lot of times people feel that connect, that heart connect. I just want to talk to my mom again. I just want to, to be able to have that connection and have that conversation with them again so it's got a, a heart string there that's pulling them and so it can be very difficult sometimes to tell people that's that's not your mom that is a familiar spirit because they'll get defensive many times no that's my mom she knew da 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 da, da and and she said exactly da, da 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 like I knew what and they'll get defensive and so many times it can be difficult in fact I was uh, sharing last week with someone because we got into that that very topic and I said that there was a, a years ago, there was a, a friend or someone in a church. Uh, this isn't just people that are unchurched that are, are vulnerable to these things. This is the church population, too. Uh, but there was a lady in, in church years and years ago, and uh, she had lost her mom um, probably five, six years prior to that point. And her mom started appearing to her whenever she would get in the car and, and uh, drive on a, a certain day. And she began to connect with her 
quote unquote mom and have these conversations with her in the car. And so for her, in her mind, this is this connection time with mom. I get to talk to mom again. And uh, she happened to mention this to my mom, and my mom warned her that's not what's going on. And she said, uh, when it happens again, test it and, and tell it to leave in the name of Jesus. And if it leaves, you know that it's not your mom. And so she did. And so the next time that it happened, she did that. And the thing is, that's hard for somebody whenever they feel like it's their mother. They're telling them to leave in Jesus' name. You see what I'm saying? It's a very difficult thing for people. But they have to realize that's not who they're, they're actually speaking with. And so uh, she told the, the spirit to leave in the name of Jesus, and it did it. As soon as she mentioned Jesus' name, the, the thing immediately left. And so then she realized that that's not what was going It wasn't her mother after all and so we have to be aware of these things or we can become uh, sucked into those things and it can have a foothold in our home and many times people will willingly open the door to that realm whenever they they think that it's a relative anything else around uh, that area of things does anybody have any questions about that yes So the prophetic says something that's going to happen. A word of wisdom will give you the idea of how to do something even to fulfill that prophetic word. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? The prophetic many times, which we haven't even gotten into that yet. But the prophetic is to encourage and strengthen. It's not so much of a specific word always in the future. Now, I'm, this can get a little confusing, and I'd honestly rather wait until we get into that because we, we're, we have to talk about what the, pro- the gift of prophecy is, and then we have to also talk about what the prophet is, the office of the prophet, because those are, are different uh, in some degrees. And then you've got word of knowledge and word of wisdom. So uh, a word of wisdom, which I already explained, but... The prophetic many times is more of an encouragement, not so much as a, a pinpoint of this is going to, this is exactly, now I'm, I'm not talking about the office of a prophet. I'm talking about like if you're, huh? When you prophesy, then it's a, a word of encouragement to push, to strengthen, to inspire, to encourage, uh, whether it's a, the body of Christ or an individual, to continue or to, yes, com- confirmation, you're on the right path type of thing. But wisdom is more of a is more solution oriented to an issue or a problem, or maybe even um, I can tell you an example. One time we were making a business. Uh, investment years ago, and this was at the time when we were just learning to really truly hear the voice of the Lord for our own life, and we missed it. God, in our inner spirit, was giving us a a red light, stop, don't do it, and we went ahead and did it, and then we realized later, yep, that was the voice of the Lord, and we lost $25,000 because of it. Uh, So we didn't listen, but then we were still trying to figure out, is this the voice of the Lord, or is this just us, you know, and then we clearly made a big mistake, lost it, and then realized 
realize then, yep, that was God's that was God's impression on our spirit telling us no and telling us to stop. But it was like a, a word of what was going to happen, that it was a bad business venture and that we shouldn't have, uh, in, we shouldn't invest into that. What w- did you have another question too? Yeah, just briefly, what you're actually talking about. So you're talking about familiar spirits. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, um, do you believe that these familiar spirits c- can be, can possess people too? That familiar spirits can possess people? Yes. That's what happens many times whenever a, a, a witch or, or uh, someone is bringing a spirit back, and then sometimes it can possess a person and be speaking through the person. But they understand that person is willingly allowing that to happen. So don't get that confused and be afraid that, you know, this spirit can, like, just take over and you have no choice. Uh, it's a, volunteer, a voluntary thing. And I, I would just add that around possession because that, you know, possession itself is a very strong word. However, you know, people will find themselves going to tarot card readers all the time because they think that's their, you know, it, in, it, it, you know it, it, in their their that power has a hold over them. So, so you know, when you get into possession, can, can possession be broken? Yes, in the name of Jesus it can be broken. However, that person has to desire for, for, that, to, for that to even want to be broken. We all can entertain, y- anybody, a, a Christian can entertain, you know, the demonic realm. I mean, everybody would, un- everybody would agree with that. Now, complete possession uh, is, you know, giving right or giving something authority in your life you know a demonic influence yes you can do that so um can can that be broken absolutely i would always go to the to the to the counter of that that lady you know she broke that spirit that was riding in a car with her mom by the name of jesus so so there's there is that there does it mean they leave (laughs) yeah it means they leave does it mean that they're going to try to regain entrance back into your life somewhere yes they will that's the other side of it that you know uh so we have to you know keep your house clean it's so important but anyway go ahead and there's a difference that's a great between question too that's a great question possession and and demonic influence or oppression so big difference. Possession is when uh, a, a you are actually opening yourself up and, and the demonic thing is actually now uh, operating through you, manifesting through you, and, and you're open to letting that happen. So uh, when someone starts manifesting a demon, you know, or a person is um, actually allowing them to come in and and do whatever through their body that's different than oppression which can be like for instance a form of depression or anxiety that's an oppressive spirit that tries to hold someone down or hold them back from the the fullness of life uh it doesn't mean that it's that it's possessing them it's just like a a resistance like a pushing back where or a heaviness where they can't seem to break through the other thing, just to add to that, it doesn't mean that the individual that they're mimicking was possessed by that spirit. A familiar spirit means it's familiar with the environment. It's been around. It's seeing the language. It's, it was privy to a conversation, and it kept that in its log so that at the opportune time it could release that 
to to base to confuse to cause deception so and just like to scripturally to back it up was when 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 um when the rich man died and went to hell abraham spoke clearly said it's not possible for one to come from the dead and to go among the living because he said send send lazarus so he can warn my brothers that they not and he told him it was impossible he can't that that's so when you deal with the undead and you're dealing with familiar as you're saying that the medium is a person who yields themselves to the influence of that demonic spirit whether being possessed by it or just giving ear to it just like the woman that was was that followed after paul she had a spirit in her that was influencing Paul when he was, and they were, she was saying all the right words and sound like their greatest advertiser, but instead she was a, a tormenting spirit that was sent there to buffet Paul instead. So in other words, when you're dealing with, with familiar spirits, it's, it's important to realize that we do live in a spiritual world. It's not just natural. It's not what we see with the natural. There are spirits that are around us that are influenced. They're listening. They're, they're hearing, but it doesn't mean by any, by any means that the person who like, Samuel, Saul conjured up the spirit of Samuel with the witch at Endor. That was not Samuel's spirit, but a familiar spirit. And it was one that was familiar with, with Samuel and the things that he had said, thereby trying to deceive Saul that it was actually Samuel. Very good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on so we can get through the rest of uh, Word of Wisdom. Um, but I want to I want to read to you a, a couple of uh, scriptures. If you'll turn to Luke twenty one, Luke twenty one is a an interesting passage where. Um, Jesus is giving his disciples uh, a word uh, of later persecution. And in verses 14 and 15, he says, you know, when you've been, when you've been uh, held in bondage and you're brought before governors and, and things like that for your faith, he says in verse 14, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. A wisdom that's above them. A wisdom that's beyond them. That they can't contradict and they can't rebuttal. They, it, it honestly shuts the mouth of the enemy. The wisdom of God shuts the mouth of the enemy. And where there is nothing else they can say. In fact, it's exactly what happened to Stephen. Uh, if you remember Stephen in, in the early part of Acts when Stephen was a man of God and, and it said that he began to uh, speak out of his spirit and they had nothing. They, In fact, they got so mad. It doesn't mean that people are going to be like, oh, that was so intelligent. I I just didn't even see that coming. They're so smart. I think I'm going to follow their ways. No, they got mad and they stoned him because they couldn't rebuttal his wisdom. They couldn't, they didn't know what else to do with it. But they, they there's something in their, in their spirit, which was uh, religion, and they didn't like the freedom that, that Stephen had in the Holy Spirit. And so they ended up stoning him and killing him. 
I know it's not what you want to hear, you know, about wisdom. <laughs> but it's it's what happened uh, with Stephen. It said that they could not uh, stand against Stephen's wisdom or him speaking by the Spirit. But God tells us, he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't sit in the prison cell trying to figure out what you're going to say and figure out your whole discourse tomorrow when you're brought before the governor, when you're brought before the rulers. I will tell you what to speak through the Spirit. So you rely on me, and I will give you the words and the wisdom to speak by the Spirit. And, of course, that's exactly what happened to Paul whenever he uh, spoke to King Agrippa as well. He spoke by the Spirit. And so there were, there were many times that Jesus spoke. In fact, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of Mark. I want to show you where Jesus, and, and hopefully this opens your eyes that when you read uh, through the Gospels, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see Jesus in operation, this happens all the time. He shuts the mouth of his enemies all the time by the wisdom of God. And he applies God's wisdom, God's ways. His ways are higher than our ways and applies it to a situation. And it's like they back off. They don't know what else to do. Is it, they, they go away and they don't know what else to say to him. They, they are afraid to say anything else to him. So Mark chapter 12 Uh, verse 13. It says, Later they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to, to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Sounds great, doesn't it? Lifting them up giving him a pat on the back. We know that you're not swayed by men, and you just only, only teach the word of God. So we respect you. You're a man of integrity. So we're coming to you with, with this question because we know you have all answers. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? And Jesus, it says, but Jesus knew their hypocrisy. He knew their, hypocr their hypocrisy. He discerned their motive, discerning of spirits. He discerned their human motive of what was going on in their spirit. And there are many, many times where the word of God says that Jesus knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were doing and what their plan was. They weren't exposing it. They were hiding it. They were trying to come across like, we respect you. You are, you are the man. You got it. all things figured out. There is nobody that's saying anything bad about you. And, but in their heart, their heart is completely wrong with the wrong motive. And so he says, it says Jesus knew their hypocrisy. And he says, why are you trying to trap me? He calls them out. And he, he says, I know what you're trying to do. Word of wisdom. I know what you're doing. You're trying to trap me. And so he goes and he says, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought the coin and he asked them, whose portrait is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then Jesus said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And then, of course, they were amazed. They walk away. They leave. They didn't know what else to say. And so by word of wisdom of heaven... By understanding the wisdom of heaven, he's able to dissolve that problem right there. 
He says, give me, give me the coin. Whose inscription's on the coin? Okay, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. So he knew and discerned their motive. He knew a word of knowledge, what they were trying to do. He called them out on it, and then he, he applied the wisdom of God to the situation. You have all three revelatory gifts right there operating through Jesus. So I just wanted you to see that so you understand how close-knit that these things operate together. And sometimes it's not about labeling them. It's really not. It's just about flowing in the Holy Spirit. Don't sit there and try to overanalyze now. Which one was that? Which one, which one was that that was just working? You know, it's not about, you know, getting every little detail. It's about just flowing in the things of the Holy Spirit. Can I hit one thing? Yes, go for it. Um, I just had this thought. Um, the word of wisdom is instruction or information for direction and for prevention. And I just tell you a real quick story. A, a, man, a man was traveling, and he was on the right side of the road where he was supposed to be, and there was a, there was a curve that was coming up. It was, you know, had, had, there were some signs you know, saying on the curvy road. And just quick in his spirit, he heard, go in the left lane. And he thought, you don't drive. We're not in England. Sorry, brother. We don't drive on that side of the road. We, I'm on the right side of the road. That makes no logical sense. And he's driving, and he just kind of blew it off as an irrational thought. And then Sterner, the Holy Spirit, said, move to the left lane. And he thought, this, it, was, it was so strong, he said he felt compelled. And he just whipped it into the left lane as he's getting ready to no, you hear from the Lord if you do this. But he whipped it into the left lane, and as soon as he did, a truck come careening around that curve on his side of the road and would have hit him head on. And he went unscathed, obviously shaken, but went unscathed. The vehicle that was, came around the curve went on its way. No accident, no harm, no injury, because he obeyed the voice of the Lord. So that's why I say that that word of wisdom, you know, as you said, even with Jesus, our Lord gave him wisdom of how to deal with the Pharisees because he knew their thoughts. He knew their ideas. What was It prevented what things, even the time when they tried to throw him off the brow of the hill, that the Holy Spirit will prevent you. Go, don't go this way. There, there lies harm or danger there in front of you. Jesus, you know, information that will give you instruction. Jesus told his disciples, go and follow the man into his house. They knew nothing about it. They didn't know. And like, like Jesus already dialed the Uber ahead of time and said, hey, we need to rent the, rent the house for a party. You know, it was, it was the direction of the Holy Spirit that made the way for them to have the room for the Last Supper even. That was a word of wisdom that the disciples just obeyed the word that Jesus already received from the Father. Yeah, he said, go, go into town. There's going to be a man there. He's going to be carrying a jug, and uh, you ask him for a room. Uh, his upper room for us to be able to have the Passover. And uh, also with the donkey, you know, the, the colt, there's going to be a donkey. It's never been ridden. Uh, he, was, he was telling them what they were going to find when they got there. Uh, also, he told Peter, to, in order to pay their taxes, what did he tell Peter to do? Go catch a fish. The first one that you catch, it's going to have a gold coin in its mouth, and then go pay our taxes. So these are, those are examples of words of wisdom. Um, even as you were speaking, uh, uh, um, 
Elijah and Elisha both. But God told Elijah, go to the widow in Zarephath and she's going to provide for you. And, and you know, you, you tell her this and this is what's going to happen. So he went and he doesn't know this widow. Well, he may have actually because it, I think her husband was from the school of prophets or of the prophets. But she, he, he may have known her, but he, he went because of the word of the Lord saying, here's where your provision is going to lie for the next however long. And so he followed the word of the Lord. And so these are things that had not yet happened, but they were solving problems. He didn't have anything to eat. She was getting ready to also die. You know, she had nothing else in the house. So it solved both of their problems through a word of wisdom. It was the the answer uh, they needed to a solution. There have been times in my life where I have uh, prayed because I can't find the keys or can't find a certain document or a piece of paper that, you know, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> sometimes you, you need to do that first and then, you know, you spend two hours looking for it or three days or whatever and then you finally stop and go, okay, why am I doing this? Lord, where is that paper at? Where are those keys at? You know, whatever it is. And you just settle yourself for a little bit and let the Lord speak to you. There have been multiple times I have found things, you know, look behind this cabinet. Well, it fell behind the cabinet. Look, you know, under this or, you know, go back and look in the files again or whatever it is. And and God will point you to the thing that, that you have lost. Uh, so those are things that, that, like Brother Don said, it's for... Uh, provision. It's for protection. It's to keep you. It's it's to make sure that you're you're safe, that your family's safe. Just like what I talked about last week. Dreams are given, so you know how to pray many times. So these things are given so that God. That's one of the reasons why you can live life and not be in fear. It's such a, a peace. There's such a peace when you know that God wants you to live in his fullness and his abundance. And you know that he's on your side. It's not this random thing of I just have to fear everything and wonder what's going to happen. If you know that you're walking in his path and his plan and you're obedient to his voice. Now, you can't say this about uh, someone that just chooses to listen sometimes and sometimes not. You know, if, if you're being disobedient to him and you're just doing your own thing, well, then you can't expect to come out of the umbrella of blessing and then come back in whenever you want and think that it's just all going to work out. Like you've got to continually be walking out the, the things of God and the principles of God in your life and be obedient to his voice. Any, anything else you guys want to add? Greg, did you have anything that you want to add? I like what you said about, a lot of people look at Jesus, well, Jesus had the spirit without measure. Jesus was also fully obedient. And that, that's key, like you said. I, I just think of the Holy Spirit, and I think of how much, and it, I'm thankful, I'm really thankful we're, we're hitting this area, because in the life of every believer, it's just like this, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is so willing to work with us. As you say, he don't want you sitting there struggling for two hours and freaking out because you lost something. And then all of a sudden, he'll just quicken. If you rest, quiet your spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you know what I don't know. And then immediately, the Holy Spirit will quicken you and say, you'll find it here. Just like Samuel, when Saul was looking for the, the, uh, the, the donkeys that got lost, 
he told him exactly where it was, that word of wisdom, and he was able to go right to the place and find them. The Lord wants to help us in so many areas with the gifts of the Spirit. It's just simple. Are we, are we fully obedient? Are we fully yielded to those things and saying, Holy Spirit, you're here to help me, and I yield myself in whatever, whether it's gifts of healing, whether it's working of miracles, whatever area that's ne- I always hear that the, what gift is, is, is going to operate? The one that's most necessary at that moment. And you, by faith, that's what he said, earnestly desire. Okay, Holy Spirit, I need help in this area. I'm going to earnestly desire this gift to operate. And I believe by the full obedience in that area, that's what releases those gifts to flow. Yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that, that we don't do is, is that the Holy Spirit is there for our help in our daily things. It's not just the big stuff in life and, and oh, I ran into so-and-so and they needed a mighty miracle. You know, it's, it, he's there for it. He said, I'm sending you a help. I'm sending you a comforter, someone to come alongside you that knows all things, and he is there to help you. He is there to aid you. In fact, one of the other uh, descriptions or the best way to translate that is almost like a lawyer. That A lawyer knows the law, so they know how to apply the law for your situation. And the Holy Spirit is like he knows the principles of God. He knows the, the kingdom realm so he knows what's going to work and what's needed for every situation so he's coming alongside you he knows your situation and he knows what needs to be applied and so he'll help you through whatever it is it's just we have to we have to also come alongside him and and say holy spirit help me give me the answer to this what's going on what am i missing you know and invite him into those uh situations with us um Another example, I looked down at my notes, Noah. Noah knew a flood was coming. That was not heard of. The earth had never flooded. There had never been rain. The earth was watered by springs and by uh, rivers. And and that was the first time that it had rained. But Noah's going around going, it's going to flood. It's going to rain. And everybody thinks he's crazy. And he preached that for how many years? And then it rained. But he was already ready. Why? Because he had had a word from the Lord about building an ark. And he built the ark. And that was his solution. That was, that was the very thing that kept him safe. Did you have something? <laughs> Does anybody have any questions? It's the same thing <laughs> so, yeah. that you guys been saying, but it took me back to where I lost uh, $50 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. That was pretty much our grocery money at the time. So I'm frantic. Where is this $50? Um, I've already done, uh, I've already accepted I lost it. I'm going to be in trouble. We have to borrow the money off the dad. I've already planned out the resolution. Until I sat down and said, okay, Lord, I know this $50 is here because I haven't left the house. Everything that you guys are saying. And when I heard him say, look behind the TV, I literally, I go look behind the TV, and there was the $50. It fell behind the TV. But he added, I knew, he knew it was there all along. Okay? And I had a lesson in that with that. And it was just like all that, 
and not on my own understanding <laughs> stuff, you know, and because I, I already knew the teaching of just take a few seconds before you, you know, accept that the it's gone or it's whatever. Uh, allow the Lord to do something before you accept that. And and but when He added, I knew it was there along. The difference between the panic thought and acceptance versus when you did find it, that feeling, there's a difference. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're recording. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I was looking for a tax paper, and there's like a, a number on the tax paper that you need for to file your next year's taxes. Because I went from someone filing it to filing it myself, and I couldn't find it. And the same thing, sat down on the couch, and I literally closed my eyes for like a couple seconds, and it, it showed me a picture, and it was in the weirdest spot you'd ever think. It was in a cooler. Like, I seen it in the cooler, and I said, there's no way. I stood up, I went into the back porch, and I opened the cooler, and I was like, there it is. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I'll share it, too. Um. It's don't worry, on. I'm going to stay in the recommended line and not, yeah. But um, this is when back home in Maui and you know, Pastor Brad understands, just driving the road every Tuesday, we have to leave home at like 5.30 in the morning to get to uh, meetings at King's. And um, I was going out that one morning with my, myself and my two sisters were going out. And um, if you know, me driving back at home, I never wear my seatbelt, especially on the road to Kahului. Like, I hate it. I don't like wearing my seatbelt on that road. But um, for some reason, I, like, even when we're talking about it tonight, I really felt like it was just an impression that the Lord put on me. And I wasn't even thinking about that. It's just I pulled on the side and I put my seatbelt on for some odd reason. And it's funny because I was thinking to myself as I'm putting my seatbelt on, it's like, what are you doing putting your seatbelt on? And so I pull on the side and I put my seatbelt on, not knowing 200 yards from where I put my seatbelt on, I got into a head-on collision um, and totaled my truck. But I was fine. Um, and um, so, I mean, that's just even talking about it tonight. Like, again, I never put my seatbelt on there. But for some reason, that impression came upon me to put my seatbelt on. And then I got into the accident. So it's not a happy ending, but it's a happy ending. <laughs> you lived. Anybody have anything else? It, can I say something, though, about the gifts? They happen. They're not weird. They're, they're, the, these things aren't weird in the Lord. I mean, and, and, and they happen so much so much they 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 happen often in people's lives we just don't know we we don't we you know and honestly i the prophetic the word of knowledge the word of wisdom you know it being taught and explained to people in this format is so important because these things happen a lot the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and i i would say everybody in here somebody said god i need help with this and then god shows up and helps and then it's like oh well and, and, and a lot of times this is the thing we do we don't even really think about it. We just, oh, yeah, I got that figured out. We don't know where our help comes from. Even, a, even in this teaching tonight, I was sitting there thinking, you know, there's some things I need to, I need to ask the Lord about. You know, and, 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 you know, even tonight, just here tonight, I, you know, um, 
you know, I, I need I needed to personally ask the Lord in a few areas of, of pulling down wisdom from heaven. Amen. We pray that way, but you have to desire to, to go to the go to our heavenly father. You know, and, and I many of you guys would probably say you've asked the Lord for help and the Lord helped. Right. I mean, everybody, if you're a believer, you know, some sometime or another, the Lord's, you know, provided that help. So so I, I mean, and, you know, boom, there it is. So any anybody else want to share? I want to share something that happened in, uh, it actually happened in, in Missouri when we were out there. And it's funny because um, the Lord, it was a preventative thing, and, and I just knew it in my spirit. But it was a teaching moment, too. But I had, um, we were in a hotel room, and I'd, I had this muffin, and I actually put, I put peanut butter on top of the muffin. And I put the muffin, the part, it was just a small muffin, I put half the muffin in my mouth. And when I did, I was quickened. And I, I, I wasn't choking. I didn't have any, I mean, just normal. But I was quickened in my spirit to stop. And I walked to the bathroom. Adina was, was by the bathroom sink, and I went to the toilet, and I, and I spit it out. And uh, Adina kind of looked at me funny, like, Dad, what are you doing? And she said, was the peanut butter bad? I said, no. I said, nothing was wrong with the muffin. But the Lord quickened because um, a few years ago, I was in a local restaurant, and I was eating a hoagie, and I literally, I, I, a guy jumped up, and I, mean, I literally got choked to where I couldn't breathe. I mean, the, the hoagie got stuck in my throat, and just literally, I mean, I won't go into detail, but it was, it was pretty horrific as far as the fear and that come on me. But it was, I wasn't choking, but I knew in my spirit that's what the enemy was, because I was mad the last time it happened. I was furious because I knew, I'm like, I knew the enemy, any chance, just trying to take you out. And I felt that. I was quickened in my spirit, and I literally saw it wasn't happening to me, but I saw it about to happen. And, and, I, and I walk around in fear, but I just knew in my spirit, and I obeyed the Lord in that. And then I told my daughter, I said, honey, that was a word of wisdom. The Lord was giving me wisdom about what the enemy was wanting to do. And I just instantly obeyed. And thank God I did because I knew. And then the Lord, the Lord will help you to understand why he spoke that to you. Because then after I obeyed, I, saw the, I, I was reminded of what happened to me several years ago. So that's where I talk about preventative. You know, the Lord, the Lord doesn't want you to go through things. And where the enemy means to do evil, God will always cause you to sidestep every strategy of the enemy through the word of wisdom.